Welcome to Making the Dough Show. That is our name. I am John Cohn. I am Nate C. Murray. Yeah. Some of you know me from Twitter now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, well, let's go right into it. No, no, no. I, I said I wasn't <laughs> going to bring that up, but how's uh, how's your week been, John? Uh, my week has been okay. Um, obviously, we, we both have been dealing with some pretty sad news um, going on recently. I, I feel like... The, to a degree, like let's just jump right in. Let's right? go there. That's okay, so um, yeah, so I, this was impossible to avoid, and this is the lamest thing because you don't want to make a celebrity death about yourself, and it's just like everyone's doing this. But uh, I would say that Anthony Bourdain um, gone is uh, as crippling to me as could have been. There's him and Michael Franti to me. Uh, those that's the angel and devil on my shoulder. Uh, I'm a 30-something wannabe writer, wannabe rock star. Um, I hang out with uh, a lot of people where I'm the only white guy. And um, very early on for the last 15 years, they've called me. They've been like, Nate's that Anthony Bourdain motherfucker. Like, he's that guy. He's that he's that rock star asshole prick. Um, and when you aspire to someone's lifestyle, and that lifestyle, even your aspirational lifestyle... Um, then the the weight of the world is too much for them who's living your dream absolute perfect life and the weight of the world's too much for them and they 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 tap out uh it is shocking and terrifying so that put me in a uh hard spiral friday morning yeah and uh i had 40 minutes to deal with that news before pitching a fast food company on a game right so so obviously we work in the games industry mm-hmm. which uh, i think a lot like comedians it's it's sort of expected that you're always kind of ready to be fun and and yeah. having that that kind of a carefree attitude of like oh yeah i make games like life is silly but sometimes you're not feeling it sometimes yeah. you are you're dealing with something and you still have to go and tell everybody hey i've got the most fun thing ever you know, let I need you to understand how much I love this thing and how excited I am to show you this really cool, great thing. When when inside, maybe you're not feeling so great. Right. Yeah. I, I had Tom Waits music. I had about 15 minutes of Tom Waits music, and then I had to close a pitch with a uh, with a company, and it was important to my job. It was it, it was it was money. It was that's that's life. And and you know, this creative business, like it's not you don't get to make a game about your favorite thing all the time. Sometimes you make a game for a fast food chain, and honestly. I like this chain, and it would have been fine any other day. Right. But I, I literally like I had to pick myself off the floor. Kitchen Confidential is a book that, when my my first assistant started, I gave it to him, and I said, and I earmarked two chapters. Mm-hmm. One was how Anthony ran his kitchen, which is a pirate's den of cursing and chaos that somehow works out. And one is how French Laundry out of Napa is run, who I believe is uh, run. I think it's run by Eric, who found him. Um, and it's quiet and perfect. And I said, if you read those two chapters, you'll understand what it's like working for me and also reporting to Jerry Bennington, who was the director of the games division I was working under. And I said, Jerry's a very buttoned up guy. I am wild and loose, but that's important. And then I gave it to Daryl Andrews. I gave the kitchen confidential to him. And I said, you want to be a creative, understand that this life is hard and this book will glorify the hard parts but it will vilify the hard parts and and uh, it, cooking is is a very it's it's love it's this it's that but also there's bad fucking days man and there's 16 hour days and there's 
crazy stuff going on. And, and it was a perfect distribution of that uh, in, in that. And then obviously he's traveling the world and writing and humanizing so many people. And sure. so, yeah, had, I had, I had minutes to process all that and then to, to go pitch a, to invent a, let's, let's, you know, I, <laughs> I can't say the brand, but like, it was just like, all right, let's, let's slang burgers or flip tacos or whatever. Like, right. here we go and be peppy on that call. And that's it. That's, you have to, you have to be there and turn you it do. on. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and it is, it's a big part of the learning process of being a professional and being in, in really in any industry, you're going to yeah. have to deal with this, but especially I think in the games industry, yeah, know, because well, it does have that. Uh, very positive kind of upbeat connotation to it that you have to be you have to be that guy and you have to be the silly funny games guy when you have when or at oh. least if that's the I know that you have a slightly different persona but you still have to be enthusiastic about you it and you have yeah. to be able to say you know this is this is the fun thing and they have to be able to see um, that hook and right. if you're feeling shitty yeah. They're not going to see that hook. It's not going to come through. Yeah. Uh, I know for me, that was something I had to learn a lot um, going through. So, you, you guys are aware I had my first game was King of the Creepies. Right. That was sold through an unconventional way. Mm -hmm. it, it came straight into as a turnkey game into IDW. And then I had about two years uh, of just going to cons constantly and pitching games, and I didn't sell a single game. For a, a year and a half, right? Um, and yeah, it's it is very difficult to get yourself, especially you know when you're leaving your home, you're leaving all your friends and family, you're paying a lot of money, you're you're taking you know your vacation days off of work so that you can fly over somewhere and to a degree understand like, hey, there's a good chance I'm going to walk out of here having gained nothing. <laughs> Right. Uh, you know, and so, yeah, you, you do. You Sometimes you get it to, to sort of beat you down a little bit. Um, and it's hard to go into those uh, pitch meetings when you've pitched a game, you know, to 40, 50 different people at a certain point. And it's like, great. Yeah. Time, yeah. To, time to mount it up and, and pitch it to the next guy who's uh, probably going to say the same thing as the last 40 people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, eventually... Obviously, spoiler alert! I got there and I, I was able yeah. to, to sell a bunch of games, but um, but yeah, yeah you, you run do. face first into that wall, right? Right, and and you never know, you know. And that's the other thing: you look at these people like these Daryls, right, of the yeah. world, who has been so successful, who's launched mm -hmm. so many games, and you yeah. think, boy, I feel like this guy's always got his shit together, right? Yeah. You look at some of these people and you're like, yeah, oh, this guy's so much further ahead of me in this. Oh, this person knows exactly what they're doing. Uh, and and we kind of nobody really knows what they're doing to a certain no. degree, no, man. right? And and to yeah, so like kind of going back to Bourdain, you know, you've got this guy who's been a legend for decades, right? Decades, like I yeah. was I was watching No Reservations all the time as a kid, yeah. and that was my jam. That was my favorite cooking show, right? Uh, you know, and he's traveling the world and he's doing all that yeah. stuff. And yeah, you you kind of don't think because you see it and you see how much fun they're having. You say this is a guy at the pinnacle of his career, right? You don't think that these people are having problems, but you know, every everybody has these kind of dark sides and these demons to them that you don't know. Um, yeah, even if they look like they're at the top of their game, totally. And so, so um, let, let's just lean, let's just dig in here. Whatever, I don't <laughs> care. Um, everybody, when something like this happens, they they go talk to someone. Po here's the here's the anti suicide line. 
I didn't think I was going to say this on on podcast, but here we go. Um, That is the fucking thoughts and prayers of school shootings. Um, Don't do that shit. Like, it's not helpful. Like... Anyone who's really the suicide line's great. That's fine. I've called one. Um, now it was only because I was having an anxiety attack, and there's no anxiety attack hotline, so I called the suicide line. Sure. And I told him off the bat. I go, look, guys, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Uh, but I tell him off the bat. I go, guys, uh, sentence one, not trying to kill myself. Sentence two, locked in the bathroom having a panic attack. Not quite sure where I go from here. Here's where my day's going. And they then she uh, the advice was. Do you have any Valium? And I said, yeah. And she said, do you have any red wine? And I said, yeah. She said, okay. Here's what you're going to do. Have a, gla- have a glass of red wine. Take that Valium. Hang out for 10 minutes and go finish what you need to do. Uh, so that's the advice I got. Pills, wow. and, pills and booze. Wow. Uh, I assume that was great advice. I don't know. You know but, maybe she, she could tell from your voice. Yes. Well, uh, we had a good talk. <laughs> and said, but what I'm saying is, is these, these lines... These people that are that low, that that have tapped out on life and that want to be done and that have no real uh, more aspiration, like one call to one number, it is not that. And if you've called those numbers, as I have, they don't follow. It, it, Jane, let's call her, did not say, Nate, I'm going to call you in two days. You sure. know, it, She did not open up a new path to my life that brought me out of where I would have been. Right. Um, and so had all of my problems in that moment been continuing... This was nothing. So was, I, I get you're trying to be nice, and you're like, oh, this is a bummer, and here's a line, but you're saying thoughts and prayers. Yeah. And instead, I, I don't know what it is that, that that is the replacement, but know that what you're saying is that same knee-jerk, and maybe instead, like, find your depressed friend and, and inspire them and, and have some fun with it. Just take more time. Like, I like to take time with people. I sure. think even when um, it doesn't help me, I think I've done a lot of fucking favors for people, um, just if I can, I will invest in your life. And that's so invest in someone's life and, and do that and do better things. But man, if I see that goddamn number posted again, it's just like, it's yeah. uh, it, guys, it, it, that's not it. That's not what we're dealing with with these rates going up and with these people checking out. Sure. Um, and hey, you know, speaking of, because this is a games podcast. Oh, yeah, good. Um, look, playing a board game with your friends is one of the best ways that you can connect with somebody absolutely and 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 reach out to somebody you know somebody's having a problem you know one of your friends board games is the perfect kind of backdrop to be able to say hey why don't we all come over this isn't just me and you right like we're having some people over we're gonna play some board games we're gonna have a night all together yeah you know it it really i think that that, and this is why i got into board games in the first place was i you know i grew up playing video games and playing goldeneye with my buddy on the couch next to me hell yeah and then a screen gazer no never never he was a screen gazer never screen gazer <laughs> <laughs> but uh but you know as you grow up and then as technology changed and everyone goes and just playing on their couches and right. and none of my friends were in the same video games as I was and so yeah you eventually it's like well shit I'm lonely I'm sitting around by myself I got none of my friends to hang out with and then all of a sudden it's like no everybody likes board games my friends all right. like board games let's bring it, everybody together yeah. you know we we kind of work in an industry where it's naturally built in this way to um have a social life and, and make it a more personal, right? It's it, it, yeah. board game experience can be a very personal and intimate experience with your friends. It can be a very um, relaxing, or it can be more serious than that. Like it's all up to you and, and how you want to 
uh, kind of proposed that night. Yeah, a, a, a very good friend who's a, a very popular game designer explained to me something that was really cool, which is board games provide a structured set of rules for socialization. Mm-hmm. And so people who are on spectrums of different anxiety or, or social anything, um, they can come to a board game night because they know, okay, I'm going to show up, I'm going to socialize with people, but there will be a rule set in which I will socialize under these conditions. Mm-hmm. And it's easier for some people who can't just pick up a lighthearted conversation, can't, sh- you know, schmoozing is how I've gotten to where I, I all I do is I'm a professional schmoozer. Uh, <laughs> but some people, that's their nightmare. And so when you give them game night, you're saying, hey, you know, Mark, Debbie, whatever, come over and we're gonna we're gonna have an interaction that's gonna follow these exact rules that everyone in the room understands. These are the exact rules, right? And the ease that you, the psychological burden you take off someone who might have too much burden in socialization. Otherwise, um, it really helps them. And I've seen once he pointed that out, I was able to see it in people that couldn't, you know, smile or whatever. And and I'm pretty, you know, I, you know, Amanda will tell you when I, at a party I'll find someone who's not too social, not, I'll make that, make it a point. I'll be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to see how I can help you enjoy this moment. But it's, it's from knowing stuff like that and seeing it enough. So yeah, gaming is a a really important, cool thing. So yeah, maybe instead of, 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 you know, just, just thoughts and prayers and stuff, you, you hold a game night and and that's that. And that's, that's cool, you know, and, and you go eat some, go be inspired. Everybody who's saying, go eat some cool food, like go on an adventure, but like, the fact that you can go on an adventure means you're not depressed. Like right, so, it's like right. well, and you know, and you now know? we also live in an age where board games are not just a shared experience, but it can be a narrative experience. You can have these campaigns and these long totally. narrative things that it's right. it's like, hey, I'm in a TV show, right? It kind of yeah. feels like that sometimes. And you know, I I know I'm sure everybody's felt like this when you get a little down, you watch some of your favorite shows, and it's like you're hanging out. Yeah. With those people, right. right? Like you, I love Psych, and I love it kind of feeling uh, like, oh, I'm hanging out with Sean and Gus. Uh, you know that's Peter right. Panic, baby. Yeah, right. That's like, my, I, it, if you love, I'm going to start giving you nicknames every show. I mean, you are getting Gust. Ooh, you are okay. getting Gustavoed. M- MC, clap your hands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but uh, big head. <laughs> you know, having those sorts of narrative, and also. Um, the strategy of a game, you know, right. having those sorts of layers yeah. to protect you sort of sure. moving in socially, right. um, it can be a big deal. It can be a big thing, a big game changer to be able to yeah. come in and be like, all right, guys, well, what do we want to ach- uh, accomplish narratively tonight? You know, and that's that's a whole way to start up a conversation with somebody totally. um, that you may not otherwise have much in common with or much to yep. say. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, you talk strategies. I love talking strategies so to some fun, people. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I will be a little awkward at a party or someone else will be a little awkward at a party. But it's like, hey, I know that guy plays Kingdom Death. Like, I can sit down and I can have a whole conversation with you <laughs> just about, like, In what another language. Here, yeah. Right? yeah, exactly. Probably. It is. It's another language, but it's something that you can come to the table. Uh, and, and for those of us who, who maybe can't sit down and say... How about them Padres right. and, and talk about sports, right? Because yeah. that's another big unifier for a lot of people. But if you're not a sports fan, you can kind of feel shut out sure. uh, of, of a lot of social conversations. And so, yeah, yeah. Like board games and, and talking about that can kind of be, for a different group, kind of uh, that, that version of sports that brings everybody together. And you, yeah. that, you find that right. camaraderie. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it, it occupies your mind, too. You're talking about narrative games. Like, mm-hmm. it's so fun to think, you know, if we meet every Friday for Dungeons & Dragons. I remember playing with my cousin growing up and all that. And knowing when a session was coming, like, thinking of the last session and thinking of the new and all this. Like, it's just something positive to engage the mind. So Yeah, um, and it's something that's out of your normal world. Yeah. There's so much stuff that I feel like people can get really down on on the kind of the repetition of mundane things oh yeah you know it's like god damn it i gotta take out my trash again right i did that fucking two days ago yeah right um and having something to be excited with and be excited to be with other people about yeah is a big deal especially in this day and age right it's more and more let's be sitting on our couch alone doing well let's or let's let's isolate ourselves into very specific thought and hate groups that have very specific ideologies and we all like the you know and mm-hmm. we, we're drilling down on this weird you know fracturing of culture and so games can can tie us together and so reach out to somebody look i you know I, I, it's no i'm not walking it back i'm not walking back my thoughts and prayers saying the numbers thoughts and prayers actually do something yeah uh and if you are actually depressed and and i've dealt with that um i would recommend cognitive behavioral theory is uh amazing for me personally uh changed my life and and made me able to look at things uh very differently i think a more coldly analytically interesting way Mm -hmm. uh, but also in a way that snaps out of of funks and and all these things so um and and if you're trying to look to find a game right because sometimes people you know you want to find a game but you maybe don't have that social circle already built in yeah um there are a lot of resources that you can find to find um new people to play games with in your town Uh, obviously your local game store uh-huh. Uh, is going to yep. have different events for different games, whether it's D&D, Magic, War Machine, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, you can also go on Roll20.net. Uh, sure. That is a D&D and, and all sorts of That's RPGs. Cool. Yep. But you can go on with either just your keyboard and mouse, or you can do it with a, a voice chat or even video chat. And you can yeah. meet new people and start a whole new D&D campaign uh, and make you know friends for life that way. And then, totally. of course, also there's Tabletop Simulator. Um, that's which cool. Has a wide range of board yep. games that you can play with total strangers. Yep. Um, that one you have to buy. You buy it through Steam. It's on on the computer. Um, but they've got a bunch of board games, and you can play some of these large ones. And you can form these weekly groups with uh, with new people. So yeah, yeah there's there's lots of ways even my, if you uh, don't have your social circle built in. Yeah, my my poker game I found through. Actually, I didn't. Not I got invited by a guy from a gaming convention. Funnily enough, but the way that the game was founded is Meetup.com. Oh uh, yeah, meetup. so that's another one. Meetup has you can go do weird stuff on Meetup. So um, hey, you know I went to a sorry quick uh-oh, quick side. Uh-oh. I went to a Reddit Meetup group uh-huh. once. That was a it was a that sounds terrible karaoke. Uh huh. It no was saying over under on people who sang. Hold on, let me think. I'm setting a line. Everybody sang. Oh, Everybody sang. okay. Um, that was that. It was. I, I hate to say exactly what you imagine, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was pretty close. Okay. You had some folks that were that were very friendly. Sure. Um, maybe a little awkward. Yep. Um, but for the most part, everyone was very friendly, very welcoming. And then there was the one guy who changed his name to Jaleth because it was close to Jareth from the Labyrinth and dressed like Loki from Avengers. <laughs> Solid. That's like full, full parties. Full costume. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, parties. You get, yeah. yeah, you get, you get all kinds. 
But yeah, anyways, there are there are yeah, all sorts of I'm meetup groups. It. Like meetup, yeah. honestly, it, there's a lot of different things. I had a good time, and I still actually I still talk to a couple of the people nice. that I went to the Reddit meetups groups with. So That's cool. There you go. I yeah, out with any of them, but I talked yeah. to them. We're right. Facebook friends. Well, shout out to Jareth. What up? That's pretty cool. <laughs> I bet. Dude, Excuse if I was balls, Jaleth, oh, he my changed bad. it. <laughs> all right, my bad, Jaleth. I'm sorry, Jaleth. Uh, I'm sorry, but if I had the balls to dress like Loki all the time, it'd be great. And go out to a karaoke bar? Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. I, I love it all. So, so yeah, so that's that's been the week. I mean, there's been some other fun stuff, but right. that's been that's been the week. Um, we got on a front load with just a really heavy, depressing yeah, just, topic. Yeah, just me shitting on you, trying to help people uh, <laughs> by sending a suicide hotline. If if you feel that I've, do we feel that I've done that enough? I feel like we've we've got we've said what we needed to say. In okay, that, good. That area. All right, all right, and yeah, Bourdain was my guy. I'll probably get a lamely on my uh, burgeoning tattoo sleeve. That'll probably be a little thing to him because. Oh, yeah. Of all the dudes, that was my dude. So that that one uh, that was a bummer. So yeah. you know, so it goes. Yeah. Um, in business news, yeah, we, we yeah, let's let's strong, crank it back up into the happier strong trip, Murray right? transition. It's <laughs> what I'm known for. Well, so uh, we just came off of doing something. We were meeting at at my house today. It's a Sunday, yes, correct? Um, because we had a special project to take care of. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we finally shot the video, the video you've all wanted. <laughs> you didn't know you wanted it. <laughs> I still don't want it. Uh, we shot the Kickstarter video for We Bought a Cell Sheet. Also known as Pun Pong. I've heard uh, it both ways. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, there I got that. I got the psych. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so we shot our video. I, I wrote a script this week. and It is an excellent script. Well, I've heard it both ways. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's right. Uh, yeah, so, so basically um, the video is it, we took... The path of least resistance, I feel like, and I just made a bunch oh, of puns. We went right down the middle on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just made puns based off of board game titles. Yep. Uh, it kind of seemed like a little bit of low-hanging fruit, but also it works. Um, it's it's This is a game about punning, and what better way to get you jazzed about a game of punning than punning about games? Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. So that's what we did. So we've got that. John will be editing as he is the film guru amongst the two of us i'll be doing AKA some copy. the guy who went to film school and didn't use his degree for anything else and, and now now look at <laughs> the heights you've aspired to you're finally you finally are editing a video for a game that literally no one wants <laughs> yet <laughs> yet ah uh, there is there is a market for punning yeah, and um, we are going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are. No, we have a good market plan for this. Uh, we will be going after uh, a, a lot of things. I don't want to share all that yet. We'll we'll talk about how to market pre market and all that in another episode. Yeah, once but we yeah. kind of are already launched. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we did it. Hey, that's great. Um, it was a really fun experience. John wrote a great script. The game is fun. The pro- the prototype looks great. If you like to pun or laugh or uh, if you, you know, maybe want to save someone's life, maybe you back pun pong instead of posting about a suicide line. It's, I probably, mean, it's probably a more actionable item. It, like, like, we're laughing and sounding flippant, but, but honestly... I would I, <laughs> truly, truly, this is a way to get your friends together. Yeah, and no, and no. the nice thing about pun pong, to go into an ad here to push yeah, the game, sure, 
You don't have to be good at punning to play pun pong because this is a team-based game and right. anyone can volunteer a pun at, at any time. So this is not something where the pressure's on you and yeah. you have to come up with a pun on the spot. This is the game where somebody on your team is probably going to want to pun constantly, but if you've got a good zinger, then you let it rip and yeah. uh, and you be the hero for that moment. And then and then if you don't want to, you know, you kind of sit back and you let it ride and, and, and see if something comes to you. And if it doesn't, then sure. that's also fine. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a low stakes game. <laughs> yes, that yeah, we talk about. I I love to talk about stakes and in, in you know movies and games and this and that. And I think correct. This is the lowest stake game. This if you the- get in a fight o- over pun pong, you you like anger management because this right. is chill. This is this is a game where keeping score is is borderline uh, uh, not necessary. This is a game yeah. where the where the fun comes from playing the game. Yeah. Um, and less from who wins. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you guys will play this, you'll laugh and you'll tweet us some of your most ridiculous puns. That's the hope. And you know, um, that'll be great. Yeah. Or, or you yeah. tweet and ask my fedora size. Both things have happened this week. Oh dear. <laughs> Oh dear! Seven and three quarters. If you're out there, uh, <laughs> oh, and you know I, uh, that was my response. Oh God, I, I should put this up online. Uh, uh, back this is this is fifteen years ago. Uh-huh. I, I had a fedora in high school. Oh God, like I was middle school, too. middle uh, school, yeah. high school. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I uh, think I had. I don't think I knew what a fedora. I, I had some some yes. I too am a bear of bad headwear. I also look. I had Jinko jeans with thirty-inch bottoms. So okay. if you want to go to, right. if we want to be the bad nineties. Well, see, I was going to make the argument that it was like the early two thousands, and and fedoras Maybe, hadn't quite I'm, stuck I'm, the stigma. I'm yet. older, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, you're 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 embracing n- not being cool even at the time when it was not cool. I was bruh, <laughs> bruh. Bruh, I was in the rave scene, bruh. Had my 30-inch bottom Jinkos. Maybe a, uh, God, if I could remember the brand for the top, that would be so good. I did see that. Where you, there the, was that uh, picture of you, you, what is it, college? Like your freshman year of college, you got the eyeliner, the guy liner going on. You're, you're looking pretty. Yeah, we were going to a little midnight Rocky Horror Picture Show. That was it, yeah, um, yeah. Which, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. People ask me about that sometimes, and it was like, yeah, I thought that class of girl was super hot. So I like this is my advice for dating like this no, no seriously but it's so it's like how do I meet a girl that I want it's like what things do you like go to those things like if yeah. I want to date a gym girl go work out if I I wanted to date black lipstick eyeliner wild chicks with piercings I went to Rocky Horror in eyeliner it was a good move so this just turned from a game podcast into a game Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is Wait, our, did you this go is to Las Palomas? Pic- Were you in Encinitas? This is our PUA uh, podcast, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're two weeks away from <laughs> <laughs> just just reading the top posts on the Donald. Oh Jesus! <laughs> you mean you mean the one that has been repurposed as a Donald Glover fan subreddit? Childish Gambino, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All That's, right, that is exactly what I meant. Sure. This is <laughs> sure. This is America. Yeah, yeah. Any, anyone? Yeah. Sorry, that, that was a weird tangent. Uh, <laughs> so pun pong Sundays. Pun pong. By the time you hear this episode, we will have already launched. Very likely. We're gonna. I think we're gonna launch Tuesday morning. Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. It's a thought and a prayer. And I'm gonna, oh Jesus! And I'm gonna be <laughs> hopefully having this uh, cut together, editing out all of our horribleness. 
<laughs> and ready to launch on Wednesday. This is a three-minute episode. Yeah, really. We're gonna, we may have to cut this down a bit. Um, <laughs> Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Oh, God. No. Well, you got to at least make it like a, Wait, like a pun thing here. All right. Right? Like, we got to yeah. come up with a, with a pun to do something like okay, that. Like, like, how about jet rules can't melt steel beams? Right, that was better. That was there we better. go. Steel, right. or how about jet rules can't melt steel memes? There we go. Yeah. We're going yeah. out. No, no, this is bad. No. This is bottom of the more barrel. T- more time into this is only worse. Yeah, yeah. This we is... are digging up. Yeah, yeah. This okay. is all getting cut. <laughs> all right. Assuming the last two minutes are cut. Uh, so. Sparrow ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Let's sparrow so, I, I took the pause so that you could find the edit note. Uh, <laughs> that was why I took that breath. So when you go into a Kickstarter, and that's what we're about to do, you've got to do all these things, which is great and fun. And, and uh, do you have your ducks in a row? And so do we... You know, before we went on our Trello to mm-hmm. double check everything that we had put in, I right. would say we didn't have our ducks right. in a row. I'd say, boy, we still got to finalize our stretch goals. We uh-huh. still need to finalize our pledge levels. Sure. It turns out we already did that a few weeks ago, and you and I both completely forgot that we that's did that. That's right. And that's why Trello, <laughs> sponsor of the show, official, uh, is a great website. Trello, organize your stuff. It's there. When you forget, it'll be there again. Yeah. Trello. T-R-E-L-L-O. Thanks for the sponsorship, guys. We appreciate the t-shirts. Yeah, so we have finalized all of that. Uh, I'm going to be putting together a bunch of graphics for all of our different sections of the campaign. Um, You're going to be handling most of the copy. I'm going to write the copy, and then I'm going to turn it back over to you, and I feel like you're going to do a great pun punch-up. Uh, because you are, you are you are truly excellent at that, and so I'm going to write uh, a, a you know the traditional pass that is my job as a direct to consumer social marketing whatever whatever fake title I now have. <laughs> um, that is my job is to create copy for campaigns like this. I've made millions for the industry. Kickstarter, if you could approve my expert status, that would be awesome. Um, you know, one of your experts is at about 50% funding at day seven. Uh, hey, was just, all the shots, all the shots fired. But yeah, so I'll write the copy, but I feel like you are an excellent um, person who's going to come in. And if I could give advice to, to campaign creators, um, make it fun, make it warm, make it engaging, and lean in on your premise. So... You know, I think there's an episode that we haven't released yet, but we talked about hate from Simon. We did. And they leaned in on the premise. It's like, don't call the game hate and then make it, hey, guys, here's a puppy kitty, whatever. It's like, right. we're making a game called Pun Pong, so that page, everything about it should evoke what the end consumer is going to experience. And so I'll evoke write... the joke. Evoke the joke, baby. That's a yeah. good slogan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, whereas, yeah, hate evoked saying fuck a lot. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. 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 That was it. Then they, But their new game, I think they learned that people thought hate was too on the nose. It should have been called Edgy. Yeah. Well, they, but they learned from their lesson because yeah. the game that they just announced, the Cthulhu death that can't die, can't get deader again... Like guys, I don't know what that's about yet. I'm, I'm pretty interested. Like yeah. I'm, I'm see the mystique in that name. It's... Well, and there's so many Cthulhu games out there, uh, and this one seems right off the bat like they are trying to turn it on its head, which is great. Yeah, yeah, 
It's like uh, uh, we're moving straight out of games, but they just released the new trailer for the new Halloween movie this mm, week. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw that trailer or not, but um, I think they did something incredibly smart for a new movie, mm. which is having Jamie Lee Curtis wanting Michael Myers to escape prison. She has been traumatized by him her entire life, and she has spent her entire life becoming a badass because she hates feeling like the victim that she was. And she says, no, I want him out of jail, so I get the chance to kill him. Whoa, it's like a kind of Sarah Connor T2 sitch. Yeah, it is. She doing some chin-ups? She doing them shups? Oh, she's doing that. She's doing she's hitting hitting the target practice uh-huh. with the rifle. Uh-huh. She's you know, uh-huh. it, it looks all the things. Like a very interesting premise for it to have Jamie Lee Curtis back and say, "No, I cannot wait for the opportunity to fuck with this guy again." Like, wow. I'm ready all to right. get revenge. Yeah. So yeah, so so doing that in a kind of a Cthulhu game, right? There was a comic book from from I think Boom years ago called Fall of Cthulhu that I followed uh, mm. for a while that was oh, that's that a good was, name. It was really good, but just on naming conventions it like super it lost for that. its way after a while. Uh, really? um, mm. but it was a really cool premise, which was we're going to take down the Elder Gods. We're going to take down the that's Lovecraft. Cool. Going at it Cthulhu instead verse. of the fear. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. cool. And then they got really deep into the like dream universe and then it kind of mm. fell apart. But um, yeah, all that to say I'm excited for this new Simon Cthulhu game. As, okay. as somebody cool. who bought... Cthulhu Wars and never played it. God, well, you're a minis painter, so I'm that's minis. fair. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, many many of the games. I was at Ross Thompson's house yesterday and uh the amount of shrink wrap on the when we were looking for a game to play, the amount of shrink wrap on all the games on his shelf. God. Hilarious. And this and the same terrible thing in my house if you come over. It's like you know play a game, it's like I have two cabinets that are just shrinked games that oh, I've never played. He's never opened Kingdom Death. He's never opened mechs versus yeah, minions. Yeah. Like he's got some of the most expensive, like high quality games that have never been opened, and it makes me so sad. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a collector. But we played some fun stuff, and it was funny. What'd you play? Uh, we played. Let's see. We played. We went old school, man. We played Medici. We played Raw. Uh, Raw. Yeah, that's um, where I played Raw the first time. Was yeah. at Ross's also. Yeah. Okay. So Medici. Uh, we played Raw first, and then I was advocate Spencer as well. He was Spencer Reeve of IDW Games was there. Um, and we both advocated Raw again because it was obvious that uh, the other people at the table had more experience, mm-hmm. and so they kicked the shit out of us. And sure. so Spencer and I both advocated Raw again, and the other people at the table said, no, let's go to Medici. And Medici is just distilled Raw. It's oh, the, is it? Uh, yeah, it's it's just boiling down, which I always love. And um, you bid with your own victory points, which is just a... That's saucy, tasty mechanic. Oh yeah. Oh man. That sounds oh, like baby. it could be brutal. It was great, and it was just a simpler. But it was, it was, it was. You could tell he made both games and sold both at the same time. He does that. Um, who's who's the creator on it? Uh, it's Canizia, no? Oh, okay. Or is it Cthulhu or Catalia? Cthulhu. Did I just call him Bruno Cthulhu? That's actually we just signed that game, by the way. Yeah, Bruno Cthulhu. <laughs> Taken. You can't have it. Bruno Cthulhu is us. Uh, we did that. We our original intention was to meet to play Who Goes There, which is the the uh, the other thing game. Right. Um, but I woke up early, and as a good game friend, 
I went to go watch rules and tutorials and do all that thing so that I came prepared because it was a two-hour game. Mm -hmm. And you should do that if you're in the gaming world. You should be a prepared gamer. Don't show up cold to someone's house and say, teach me a three-hour game because now it's a four-hour game. Right. So I woke well, up. And there's and so it, many resources online. Exactly. So I, I woke up and I dove in. I was ready. I was, I was sitting there, had the coffee. And then I had to message the guys and I go, there's nothing, guys. Because uh, we have a secret pre-production copy. Oh. oh, it's not to market yet. Oh, so unfortunately, the only thing that was out there was a playthrough with the designers where they're talking shorthand. Like I do this and this. Oh, you should build a shield. It's obvious they know it too well, but right. they're not explaining the game. Right. So we all looked at it at about ten thirty, and we all went, "Well, not playing that today." Oh and so gosh. we played some other games. But that's that's what responsible gaming means: is you put your time in. Yeah. Don't, don't show up to my Twilight Imperium game and know nothing. Like, you, you know what game... I always, when I have my game night with my boys, I send out the game, and we all read and watch and, and do the stuff so that sure. we show up, and at least... It's not perfect, but it helps. And Boy, that would be great. I, I am the, the rules master of, of any group mm, that I play as, with. As any designer or person I, in the industry I, is. And, and, like, let's be fair, I enjoy it. I mean, that's that's part of why I, I am where I am, is that I enjoy reading rule books. Genuinely... Yeah. I'm excited when I get a new board game to read that rule book like four times yeah, through sure. and really understand the game. Um, I, I also enjoy the videos. I think that they're great, but I wouldn't sub out watching a video, at, at least when you're playing a game, like you said, where it's a little bit of a heavier game that maybe takes a few hours to play. Right. Um, I would recommend maybe to the rest of the players to watch a video. But as somebody who likes to run games and kind of be the, the rules master of, of a, sure. an event, um, I'll still go through the book. Yeah. I'll go through the book and then I'll watch a video and then I'll kind of go through the book one more time. Right. I agree. I it's, think that's how you should do it. Yeah. yeah. Just, and, and I wouldn't say everybody do this, but like if, you know, if you're the host, if it's your mm -hmm. game, if you've never played it before and you've got people coming over, you know, maybe do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. So John, you enjoy reading rule books. Yeah. Is there anything you you don't enjoy? <laughs> All right, this leads us into our our things. So I'm going to be the negative Nancy for the week. He's uh, doing the heel turn. I am. I am. Oh, I'm going to be um, really positive in a weird way after this too. All right. So so in May, uh, the beginning of May, uh, Mitch Hurwitz released a recut version of season four of Arrested Development. I am excited to watch that. Um, where they they recut it so that instead of following one character each episode, it was the more standard format where it's kind of cutting back and forth between everyone. And I and we rewatched it in, in advance of season five. Sorry, season five part one coming out. Oh yeah, uh, it's only half. That's smart. I think these. I think these streaming sites should do that more because guess you, what? It gets you guess more than who a week doesn't a have YouTube Red anymore? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The guy who watched ten episodes of Cobra Kai and went, "Do you have anything else?" No, canceled. I watched it again. I'm. Oh, I'm I watched it again. I showed it to Delaney. I'm jealous of you. Yeah, did I you, loved it. Like I loved it? it even more. Did she like it? Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. So good. It was fantastic. Sure but anyways, uh, I rewatched season four of Arrested Development. It was okay. Um, there was. Boy, they really had Ron Howard with the narrator um, doing a lot of puzzling things together, heavy lifting, literally three clips on the screen at once while he's trying to explain what happened in the background. It's like, <laughs> oh my God. Um, and, then, and then inexplicably, season five is even more 
in depth like that. And it's like, why do you have this much explaining to do? You filmed this differently. You filmed this like a normal TV show. Why do you have this much narrative heavy lifting? Why do all the characters suddenly seem so much more terrible? Why doesn't anybody have a decent arc? I hated season wow. five, part one of Arrested Development. Now, I loved season one through three. I've watched sure. it more times than I can count. Yep. With the exception of George Michael and maybe, I loathed season five. Wow. I felt like there was no reason for George Sr. to be on the show anymore. Like, straight up didn't make sense. Um, the entire slight spoiler alert, the entire Lucille arc is that somebody tells her a piece of advice that hurt people, hurt people. Like if you're a hurt hurt person, you're going to hurt hurt people. people. I get it. She internalizes this as just saying hurt people twice for emphasis. So literally Lucille's entire arc this season is just be mean for no reason. That is a Oh boy. With what broke about the show, that is just crazy. Be mean for the purpose of being mean. By the way, by the way, in case you're wondering because of the build the wall story in season four, they are all in on being Trump supporters now. (laughs) Oh God. Which I think that's honestly what, what really turned it for me was I'm watching the show now and I'm watching them like it's fucking Jared Kushner and Ivanka. And I'm like, I don't like any of these people now. I want all of these characters to go to jail. Oh, man. And one of them does go to jail in the season. Okay. Um, Sure. And it's like a big joke again. And it's like, no, I'm like, (laughs) now now I want to see see these characters like suffer because I, 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 feel like they've taken it too far they made a joke that was has aged incredibly poorly mm-hmm. which was the season four build the wall between u.s and mexico right and then that became the crux of donald trump's entire true uh, right. uh, uh, candidacy and then they lean instead of being like woo like cu- cu- pulling yeah. on your collar like yeah, yikes yeah. they were like nah let's dig, go all in, dig in dig right out. they're like yeah. oh like the this whole thing is Lindsay's running for office, right? And it, her campaign is basically, I want to be part of the problem. <laughs> and I just don't, I don't feel like I live in an age, and maybe this is that my sensibilities have changed, but I no longer feel like I live in a world where I want to encourage people to be horrible. And I think that maybe we're hitting a turning point in TV in general, at least for me. We're like, we lived in a really kind of golden age where everything was awesome for a long time in sure. the U.S. And we could really get into these shows about people that were bad people. Right. Into these anti-heroes, into these Walter Whites and these uh-huh. Jacks Tellers. Right. Right. These people who are bad people who do bad things and then benefit from them. And I think sure. that was because we were living in an age where everything was kind of great for, for a, a good portion of us. Um, and, and at least in our mainstream yeah. media, everything was great. And so it was like, Hey, let's look at the bad boys. Like everything's great for me. I'm this like, I'm having a good time. Let's look at the other side of the fence. Let's look at the bad boys. But now we're on the other side of the fence. Right. Now we're in a place where the people who behave the worst and are the most heinous criminals have become the most uh, uh, benefited people in the country yeah. and I no longer want to look at people who are fucking awful people and say I can't wait to watch you benefit from being a nightmare human being right right um, and I think a lot of that is just because of yeah I'm, I'm watching the Trump administration and yeah. I'm saying I just I, sure. I hate this yeah and the Bluths didn't start from a place of so I mean when you compare that to Breaking Bad or you compare that to Sons of Anarchy 
kind of those antiheroes started from a place of, of uh, desperation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or you know, or lifestyle or whatever. Right, but, right. But there was always someone above them, whereas the blues are at the top punching down. Yeah. And this is always my thing. Like, I'm cool with making a joke about literally anything. Like, yeah. Uh, and and I you know I have a good life story about it but blah 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 but right you, uh, got, you can do the Bill Burr approach where you can say something really polarizing that maybe is is not great but then you can bring people around and be like look here's the context and I'm going to bring you back around to what I'm saying and, and get you on board yeah I I I honestly don't believe any topic should be off the humor table sure. and and to illustrate that uh, got a dead dad. Love me some dead dad jokes. If you Google the uh, Pete Davidson, uh, oh the nine eleven roast, yeah. uh, just makes me laugh harder than anything. And and that you know that's it. But punching down, uh, it's hard to find that funny. And that's the problem is that any 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 topic is okay to joke about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, any. South Park has but, proved that. I think, uh, time, they've time they've again. absolutely proved that. But you need to be funny. You need to find a new angle. You can't just be. You know, you talked about playing video games online. We both do that. You know, I, I played a lot of different things, and someone just be like, "Get AIDS." It's like, well, yeah, okay. And then you're like, "Hey, that's rude." And they're like, "I was joking." It's like, all right, I was joking is not offense if you're not funny. Like, right. so and then, and so it seems like the blues now. Um, they're not coming from a place of anywhere that you can identify with. They're a very rich white family yeah. doing well, supporting someone who is objectively supporting rich white families. You I know, mean, the so, line, I may have committed some light treason. <laughs> you know? Way funnier. It was funnier then. It, it was funnier then. Well. Yeah, it hasn't aged well. Hey, look, Bill and Ted has some words they could probably cut now if they were re-releasing. So. Yeah. so, yeah, that yeah, and that sucks. And I think that's the bummer is that... Um, a show that we, we, we liked we're watching kind of, you know, become an anti-hero in itself in front of us. Right, and, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's the two-face, right? It's it's live long enough to see itself become the villain. Man. And uh, and boy, it just, it, it felt so tone-deaf the entire time I was watching it. And, yeah, and it's kind of pointless. Yeah. You know, it's like, what is this season about? Yeah. Um, mm. And it seems like the season's supposed to be about, because, you know, Lucille 2 goes missing at the end of season four, and everyone's kind of blaming it on Buster, and it's like, that's what the season's supposed to be about. Yeah, spoiler good. alert. This is not what this season's uh, about. And and coming off of four, I thought that that's what it was going to be. Right, and they kind of cool. teased it a yeah, long yeah, time yeah. ago as like, uh, we're going to do it as making a murderer. Sure, would have been not, great. Would have been so topical. Would have been on point. Yeah, and it and it's really not. It's going back to the same jokes that have become so stale. Yeah, you know, we shame. keep going back to the like. Oh, Tobias says things that makes him sound gay, but he's not. Yeah. Like, great. Okay. Great. Like, yeah. we've been doing probably, this for probably not the time. so yeah. long yeah. at this point. You know, the uh, again, the only reason I feel like George Michael and Maybe are worthwhile stories, those are the only two characters that have evolved in any way, shape, or form. Mm. They really, they, they hold the show together because they're the only two people that are funny. <laughs> Straight up. All right. Everyone else is horrible. Well, there yeah. you go. The, nice to hear you expressing negativity. I uh, <laughs> appreciate that. All right, all right. Why don't you bring us back up now? Well, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I'm going to express uh, appreciation, and, and I want to make sure that I clear this correctly when I say it. Uh, so Crashing mm-hmm. on HBO about, from comedian Pete Holmes. Yeah. You and I both enjoy him. Me we too. both uh, listen to his podcast. Um, you made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Um, I think both of us don't like certain aspects of the podcast. Right. 
perhaps when they get a little too religious. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised Lutheran. I'm uh, no longer really Lutheran. I love my preacher, Roger. Uh, should, should you know, If I was able to be in contact with him, he did some great things in my life, was a wonderful man, um, was great about being open and all roads lead to God when he would meet my Muslim friends or whatever, and, and he would just be a great guy. Uh, that said, not a church guy, um, kind of was dead for 5 billion years before I was here. Going to be dead for five billion years after I'm gone. Uh, kind of okay with it at this point. Kind yeah. of, kind of chill. So, you know, crashing when we come to it is a show I I don't know that I should like, but I really like it. It's about Pete Holmes, who's a very Christian guy, going through a bad time in life, and uh, he doesn't shy away. It, it's interesting because it, he doesn't shy away because so many on HBO, especially, you'd think maybe they don't want like Christian content or right. whatever. But he, he, he leans into it, and, but in a self-deprecating, beautiful way. And I, I think he paints religious people in a very good light, pointing out both the good sides of them and the hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, a, it's, it's fucking fantastic. And I'm proud of him. I'm proud of HBO for airing it. I think, uh, you know, if you're religious out there, like, good for you if, in a positive way, like most of the people featured here. I think he, he hits the negatives on, on the screws, though. Yeah. You know, that's that's certainly true. I think uh, there's a great episode, of a baptism episode, that just goes just so phenomenally perfect in illustrating some of the things I had problems with with that, but also why people are into it. And so, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful show. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with you on that one. There's not a lot of people out there. First of all, uh, I, I'm also... Uh, pretty pretty staunchly atheist and uh i I have a hard time sometimes dealing with people who are very overtly religious just Mm -hmm. because um there's a lot of really horrible horrible acts perpetrated in the name of religion and um, i have a difficult time seeing past that yeah um but pete holmes manages to be not just religious and funny but he manages to be wholesome and funny yeah, that's Which, the other trick to it, yeah. is that I'm watching this wholesome Christian comedy right. and just loving every second of and it. It's, and it does have the HBO where, you know, there's everyone else around him is maybe not as wholesome, but he's right. the wholesome guy at the center of it, and it works. And it yeah. works in his stand-up. One of my favorite stand-up routines of all time was one that he did for HBO. It was called okay. um, Faces and Sounds. And it is like the most wholesome stand-up set I've ever seen. He's like not swearing. He's not talking about like putting his dick in anything. It's just him being kind of really silly guy. The whole thing is, is he goes, look, I'm the guy that makes funny faces and silly sounds. Nice. And and he does it. And he does it in a really great and funny and clever way. Um, yeah, I... I I don't know exactly what it is about the show that makes me so in when yeah. I don't feel like I should be. Yeah. I will say one weird thing about the show, and I'm, I'm going to bring this up every time I notice it now. Uh, first episode tit. Yes, with Lauren Lapkus. We, yeah. get, a, we get a first episode tit. Yeah. And now that's important. Now let's, let's uh, recap the first episode tit list that Nate has noticed. Sure. Uh, Breaking Bad. First episode tit. Never a tit again. Yep. Uh, Glow. Which is run by women, all about powerful women. Right, Alice and yet, we get first episode tit. Lot. Uh, yeah. yeah. We just started. Uh, let's go with Marvelous Miss Mavel, uh, which is again about a powerful, strong female protagonist, and yet, first episode tit. And now, Crashing, a Christian wholesome show. First episode tit. None of those shows that I can think of ever tit again. I think. Why are we doing tit pilots? Oh, I'm going to tell you why. 
Um, it's because they're pitching to HBO. Uh-huh. Straight up. Yeah. Um, that's the, uh, one of the perfect examples is, and this is a little bit dated, uh, Stargate SG-1. Back in the 90s, they filmed their pilot thinking they were going to go to Showtime. Mm-hmm. And so they put, not tit, full frontal oh. into their pilot. Okay. Uh, and the show got picked up by Sci-Fi. Oh, no. Right? Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and it ran for 11 seasons on Sci-Fi. And it was a great show. And, and it became something incredibly different than what sure. the pilot sort of presented. But the reason why you see first episode tit mm-hmm. is because... The old F-E-T, as we call yes, it in the biz. Yes. Uh, 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 the reason is because they are trying to go for these premium networks. Mm-hmm. And they understand that sex position is a thing. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, right. watch... I don't know. Are you watching Westworld? No. We've talked about right. this. Yeah, I yeah, have it. Okay, well, here's... Too dense. De- Westworld is the perfect example of first season tit. Uh-huh. The first season of Westworld has more nudity than maybe. Some dong in there too, a lot of dong. Oh yeah, than uh-huh. maybe anything I've I've seen as a TV show. Oh wow. Um, one of the main characters is full frontal nude for half the season. Wow. Season two, almost. I mean, basically no nudity. No boob. As far mm. as as far as you know, I mean, there's there's a one or two scenes where there's a mm-hmm. big pile of dead bodies and they're all naked, but but there are there's almost no nudity in the <laughs> second season because everyone's already in. Yeah, you've right. already got everybody right. yeah. on board. What do you need the boobs for? Move so the plot along, right? Exactly. Yeah, you don't, don't need the down. sex position to right. get you in because it's it's already there. Yeah. You're already there. Yeah, yeah. Just move the plot along. I don't. Yeah. I don't need to see Khaleesi's yeah. boobs again. I, I, I've yeah. seen them, been there, done that. Truly, and, and you know? Game of Thrones has has backed way, way off less, as well. Way less booby there. I, you know, I think that it is. It's because uh, nobody. Like I've been on sets where nudities had to happen. Like yeah. nobody wants to be there unless you're like a grosso. Right. Nobody wants right. to be there. It's uncomfortable for everybody. Right. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're in a production situation, you unless you're again, unless you're a grosso, you have to put nudity in there because it's what sells. Sure. Um, and yeah. that's how you sell a show. Yeah. Is, is hey, we can do nudity if you want. If you don't want, we'll, we won't do we'll it. We'll dial it. Right, we'll dial the, it back. But here but it here, is in the here's pilot. Little, here's, here's the little FET. Right. Yeah. Here's us showing, uh, throwing spaghetti at a wall and, right. and hoping that something sticks, that you see something in this pilot that you want to pick up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that is is yeah. why you see it. So okay. Much. Well, I'm so glad I'm glad to have pilots. that explained because I, I think and if you're if you're listening, uh hi mom. Um but yeah, first episode to it's a thing. It's it it's a weird thing, man, but I just, I've started picking it up. So yeah. now I know why and yeah. you know, if if we take anything away from today, it's uh it's that lesson. Well, you know, maybe we need to have a a a, a boob and pun pong. <laughs> We can, have, we can we can have a we can have an after dark. Then again, uh, then again, I think we've got two boobs talking right now. Hey yo, that's a good out. Yeah, right, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm into that outro. Can't All right, that. can't stop that. All right, thank you everyone. I'm John Cohn. I'm Nate Murray. Don't shop at Mattress Firm. Back Amanda Palmer on Patreon. All right, that's it. That's it.